Welcome back to the Monolith Diaries. I'm your host, Amy, and this is episode 17. So we have made it to the very end of season one. And I thought, you know, what better way to close out this season than to have a chat with the man, the myth, the legend, my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, dad. (laughs) So I call him Sock Monkey. That's his nickname. But the rest of you can just call him dad, right? Yeah, you can call me Sock Monkey. Monkey. So hi, Sock Monkey. Welcome to the pod. Um, So as you know, I interviewed mom for Mother's Day, and this is going to be a Father's Day special and a great way to close out season one. So happy early Father's Day. Why, thank you. And you know, Dad, you've never played favorites, even though (laughs) I am your favorite child. Um, Uh, Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) So I decided that I shouldn't play favorites either. As you know, like I said before, mom got her 15 minutes of podcast fame. So now right. it's it's your time to shine. So I am so excited that you're here. And I know my listeners are just as equally excited. So I want to know, how are you doing? How's your week been? I am doing fine. I've actually had a good week. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I, uh, you know, I'm in, I'm in a nice uh, uh kind of set, I used to be quarantined and now I've been vaccinated and I'm in, uh, been fully vaccinated and uh, we've been very happy with that and we've been able to go out and do some stuff. Yeah, so basically as we had talked about before, like you feel invincible now at this point because- Absolutely invincible, that's (laughs) absolutely right. Um, So you're at the beach house right now where you live mostly full-time um so yeah I haven't been there in so long but it's one of my favorite places certainly welcome to come thanks dad so I would love it if you could give my listeners a quick introduction to yourself I um asked mom the same set of questions so let's get into it uh please let our listeners know your name your favorite child and your favorite food go okay well my name is Michael Finnegan and uh, my favorite uh, child is, uh, I'm looking at her. Thank you. Uh, uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, except for David too, of course. Who's that? <laughs> Mom wouldn't admit it, but I, I'm really glad that, you, that you're able to admit and be honest that I am the favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> and then what's your favorite food? My favorite food without question is uh, steak. Filet mignon. Yep. Uh, Shocker. Beef. <laughs> Meat. Carnivore. Meat. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, I grew up on meat and potatoes. And uh, yeah, it kind of goes along with um, Irish last name, Finnegan as well. Right. Lots of lots That's of potatoes. Right. So we are going to start off this episode in a very unique way. Um, as I mentioned, it's almost Father's Day. And Dad, you're you're a huge believer that your special day, may it be Father's Day or your birthday, uh, must and shall be celebrated the entire month, right? That's exactly right. No. <laughs> I mean, what's the point of one day? I mean, you know. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So right. we've actually been celebrating for well over two weeks. Just kidding, right. we have it. Um, but this is the start of it. So this is a great way to kick it off. I would like to, in honor of you, I would like to share the most, the three most impactful things that I have learned from you over my lifetime. It was really hard to consolidate it into just, just three, but for the sake of this episode, not going on for hours and hours and hours, because I could, uh, we're going to keep it to three. So 
don't cry, dad. Don't get emotional. <laughs> if you want to, it's fine. You can. Yeah. I'm not judge you. Just like that one time when you were watching the movie Casper and you started crying a little bit. Yeah, that, that was a that was a very sad movie. I was crying for the ghost and the, you know. Casper, the friendly ghost. Friendly ghost. <laughs> All right, I digress. So number one, um, all my life you have made me feel like I was capable of anything, and like anything was attainable, and. Yes you have always been my biggest supporter and advocate. And I'm yeah, still in that way. You are. Yes, you still are. And you always let me know, no matter what I wanted to do or who I wanted to become, you would always be there unconditionally as my number one fan. Yep. And as a child growing up, knowing that you were always on my side, regardless of what path I took or what decisions I made. Um, I just want to let you know that that is and has been incredibly impactful. And, you know, I remember when I was younger and I would have all of these just ludicrous ideas that any normal, normal parent would be like, that's, I don't, I don't think that's a great idea, but <laughs> you were just so supportive. I remember one time I wanted to start my own girl band. I don't know if you remember this or not. I just threw it out there randomly. And I'm like, I, Tad, we're, I think we're out eating lunch and I'm like, dad, I want to start my own girl band. And you go, yes, that is a great idea. I will be your band manager. And you were, <laughs> you were just so into the idea. And then it's like, you know, other things in my life, like when I wanted to become an equestrian and I remember you came to my first show and you were there taking pictures of me and my horse, Nikki. Right. Um, like you helped me move to Oahu to like right. this island that I'd never been away from, from you guys before, but you completely supported me in that. And then yeah. I also remember like when I went to culinary school and really lived out my dreams and opened a restaurant, like you were all in, even before I even said the word like food, you were like, yes, let's do it. Well, so, that's, that's the way I react to food anyway. That, that, that is very accurate. It's very accurate. But, you know, it's just, it's so nice to know that I always had you in my corner, no matter what, like I said, unconditionally. And I really feel like I'll carry this carry this forward. Like when I have children, I, I always want to be there for them and let them know, like, I have your back no matter what, and I will support you in whatever you want to do. And I just think that is something that has been so powerful for me. So thank you. I mean, for me, it was, it is important that, you know, you take control of your own life and, and you do, you make a decision about what it is you want to do or be, and I'll support that. You know, I, I'll support that. I mean, it's not that I might not say, well, I don't think this is good or I don't think that's well, my opinion on things. But, um, you know, I'm I'm always going to feel like uh, if this is something you want to do, you know, if you uh, want to have a culinary certificate. Uh, that's Change my path, like right in the middle of whatever I'm doing and just go for it. You're like, all right, I'm on board. Uh, it wasn't quite that quick. <laughs> I know. But honestly, I think that it says a lot about your trust in me and, and that means so much. Um, and it's, it's, I think a lot of parents, they like to control and have this control over their children and, and the directions they go or the decisions they make, but you were just there and you're like, you know, you make those decisions. And if they're wrong decisions, that's okay. Like you'll figure that out, figure it out and you'll learn from it. So, right. so thank you for that. I mean, that has been absolutely amazing for me. I just think, I mean, I just think that's the right way 
you know, in terms of parenting is, especially when your child gets older, um, you want them to, you know, it's now their, it's their life now. Mm -hmm. And the best you can do is to try to be there and be supportive and uh, go with it. Definitely. And I think that's also like really solidified our relationship. Like we have a really strong relationship. We never really got into arguments or fought when I was younger. I think most of my anger uh, went toward mom. Sorry, mom. Uh, (laughs) I don't know why that is, but you and I have just always really gotten along like just so well. Um, So that that's just one, one part of of that whole thing. So yeah, of course. Number two, I, uh, you just have this incredible positivity about you and also the ability to see things from like a lighthearted perspective, which I've always just really looked up to you for that. And you also, you don't care about what other people think of you. And um, you're not, you're not self-conscious. At least I've never, I've never seen any, any hint of that in you, you know, like you're a very confident person and um, you also don't get embarrassed easily, (laughs) which I absolutely love. And I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, actually, because you don't get embarrassed. So, So I would say like, that is really the equivalent of like having a superpower to me. Honestly, ah, just being able to be yourself, seeing the, the positive side of things like half glass full. Like, I love that about you, you know, like those are all like super wonderful characteristics. Well, I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> I think that, you know, what I have learned over time for me is that, um, you know, you you look for what the positive is and that you're optimistic and you feel like you know, th- this is not so good right now, or this might not be right, uh, but then we'll figure it out. I mean, that's, you know, a, a really good uh, uh, approach is to learn from your mistakes. I mean, you make mistakes, mm-hmm. but you learn from them. And yeah. the next time you, you know, you uh, will correct things. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the, that old thing about, uh, you know, the, the crazy insanity is when you do the same thing over and over again and don't learn from it. True. Very, very true. Where do you think that you get this half glass full perspective on life? Like, where do you think that comes from? You think it's just your ingrained in your personality or I'm just curious. I have been sort of that way for a, for a long time. Like your whole life or? Um, I can re-remember elements of that, thinking that way when I was like uh, eight or nine years old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much your whole life. Yeah. I. <laughs> well, my age, so that, that was a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to call you out a bit, but again, you don't get embarrassed, so we're good. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just. I want to talk about a couple instances and, and kind of <laughs> make this a little lighter. I remember you've told me a couple of stories that I yes. just have been crying laughing about. And I remember one time you, <laughs> you were at this conference on the East coast, I believe. Uh-huh. And <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? You, you went to use, oh. the, <laughs> you went to use the restroom yeah. And you were presenting at this conference. You went to use the restroom and you had a you were mic'd up and you went to the restroom 
and you forgot to turn your your mic off. I forgot to turn the mic down. Yes. Here's the thing, though. Here's the, here's why I'm saying this. You weren't phased. You weren't phased. Like. No, no, no. it didn't phase you. So, like, I mean, I turned the mic down. <laughs> of course you did, but you weren't embarrassed. Like you just went on with it. You laughed yourself. And I yeah. like, that's really admirable. I would have been like, I need to like go into a hole for the rest of my life because I'm so embarrassed. The, but, you know, the funny thing is that when I realized it and I turned the mic off, I went out and then told all my friends. <laughs> like, yeah, see, they might have not even known, but you're like, hey, this is what I did. And you made this it into like a, a funny conversation. <laughs> I would have been like, oh my gosh, I hope nobody makes eye contact with me. Like, I just, <laughs> yeah. So I really admire that about you. Sorry to call you out, but not sorry. Um, okay, <laughs> number three, dad. Yeah. One of the most impactful things that you've taught me um, that I've taken away from our relationship is that, Food is love. Yeah. And I think we can both agree on that wholeheartedly. And I remember when I was younger, even as a teenager, before I went off to college, as a family, we would sit down every single night and have dinner together. And I didn't realize until later in my life, um, talking to some friends that this wasn't really the norm for other families, which I find to be kind of crazy, right? Because this is just how I, how we, how I grew up, like just having yeah. dinner with you guys every night. And every night, yeah. I'm so thankful for this now because it really did give us such a great opportunity to have deep conversations. Yeah. Right. To connect, to catch up, to laugh, to have fun. Right. And also though, to go back to my original point, to share our love of food. Yes. And I think that's really where it stemmed from. We also went out to eat quite a bit at restaurants, we, um, local we restaurants, which was really fun. Um, and like I mentioned previously, you raised me on steak and potatoes. And also it I should wasn't met- the only thing, but you know, yes. <laughs> Everyone knows I ate tater tots every, every night for dinner. Okay. We, right. <laughs> we can't hide that fact. Um, but oh, and the other thing is I have no dinner manners and it's okay. <laughs> but like- uh, <laughs> So as I would watch you growing up, you just gnaw on these huge steak bones or whatever bones they were. Um, and it's like, now I get weird looks from people when I eat and I'm like, why, why is this happening? But it makes total sense, right? Well, well, you know, uh, gnawing on those bones for me was a great enjoyment. Yeah. I loved it, you know. It's the only way to eat things. I mean, the only really. way to eat things. You got to get yeah. in there with your hands. What is yeah. a fork and a knife? Yeah. I don't even know anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, th- those are, you know, three of the most impactful things I've learned. Obviously, like I said, I could go on and on forever, but really, those those uh stand out in my mind. So, okay. Well, I'm uh, uh they're all true. They are. They're accurate, right? They're, accurate. <laughs> they're not untrue. Yeah. Anyway, I love you so much, dad. And love you too, Han. Yeah. Okay. We're going to move on and we're going to get into the meat of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> so I asked mom this first question. I'm going to ask you as well. I want to know what's your favorite part about being a parent and even, maybe even more specifically about being an adoptive parent. But if you don't, if you don't really know, like you can just, just tell me what, what's your favorite thing about being a parent in general? Um, well, I think uh, the thing about it being a parent is that you um, you have these two people, uh, including David here. Uh, in our family, yeah. Yeah, in our family, who are immediate family. I mean, who are, my gosh, your children. I mean, you know, you, they're a love 
a set of loves in your life. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, they're they're not just uh, anybody; they're part of you. Mm -hmm. uh, and and even in the adoption, you know, which you know we're not genetically uh, connected, but um, you know, I I've known you since you were what, four, four months, months old. old? Or, yeah. yeah, I mean right. that's that's a long time, you know. Mm -hmm. Most of my uh, life. I mean, I, the, the thing I often say is I uh, watched you come down the tube, which means the uh, airport uh, run, whatever it is, uh, runway. You know. I've never heard this before. I heard, you came down the tube. Well, I mean, that's the way we thought of it. That's funny. Because, you know, mostly uh, you come out, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, and that's the normal way genetically. Um, but you know, it felt like there you were. Yeah. Just you as were. exciting as just as exciting as natural birth or natural yeah. birth. Mm -hmm. I, I was there for David's natural birth. Yes. Uh, and I was there for what I considered your natural birth to me. My arrival. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Do okay. you do you remember that day? And obviously you remember it. I would hope that you would remember it, Dad. Well, I, do remember. I don't, but um we do have some video of it as we well that video. we watch every year. Yeah, but I'm wondering another, another thing that is true of mom and I is that we, or at least me, you I video I videotaped everything. Everything. So you everything. weren't yeah, you weren't even in any of the videos hardly. Oh, no, that's because <laughs> I was filming. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, I don't regret that a bit because we have all that video. I really appreciate we, that. And yeah. we look back on it and you look back on it, and David looks back on it, and it's just uh, it's just part of saying. Th this is raising a family. This is being together as a family. Yeah. And those memories too, it'll last forever. You know, like my, oh, yeah. my, my own memory is pretty bad. So I'm, I'm really excited to have, have those. I think they're now DVDs. Mom has transformed them into right. converted yeah. them over to DVDs, but yeah, right. I mean, that's just so, so special. So I'm wondering back to my question, what do you remember about my arrival day? What were the feelings that you had and what were, what happened like in the days following um, my arrival? Well, I mean, I, I think uh, we were wanting um, another child and um, we had had David um, and um, we wanted to have, um, you know, we had issues about whether um, should we adopt or should we, uh, you know, try try again to get have children. Mm -hmm. um, but um, in the end, we decided, you know, adoption makes so much sense. I mean, you've got this person that is uh, uh, in need of someone to love them, and you're in need of somebody to love, and so you uh, you you know it. it it was an exciting moment for both Veronica and I uh, when you came down that tube. <laughs> tube. <laughs> were you pacing back and forth? Um, we were. We or were. Were you sitting down? <laughs> uh, we were sitting down at the time. I think. Well, I think so. Yeah. I don't know if I believe that. I could see you probably like pacing back and forth, oh, like looking at, the t looking at the arrival time. Oh yeah, yeah, I was doing that. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. That, that, so, that doesn't ever change. <laughs> so what was it like when you first saw me and held me? What was that experience like for you? 
very exciting. I, you know, it just, uh, yeah, I was in love with you from go, you know, the first moment. It was, uh, I just thought you were so, uh, uh, I don't know, there, there, there was something about you that I thought, wow, this is, uh, this is, this is my daughter. I mean, so there was like an instant connection? For me, yeah. yeah. And, and for mom too, sure. Maybe. Let's get it. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. That is, that's pretty incredible. I wish now, I now David, I don't know. <laughs> David's a whole other story. I've already kind of yeah. discussed how he felt about me <laughs> and all of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is about you. So yeah, no, that's really, it's really interesting to hear your perspective and like you, that's so sweet, dad. You just, you fell in love with me when you first saw me and you're like, she's my daughter. And yeah. I, love well, I mean, that. that was, that was genuine. I, I'm not, it's I think I was really uh, anticipating that this you know would be a good relationship and something yeah. that I would very much want and it has been all my well, life well that's what I was going to ask I was going to I was going to follow up with that like have you been let down <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> no honey, not not for an instant I'm kidding I'm kidding but that actually leads me to my next question which is how would you describe our father-daughter relationship over the years? Um, I think a lot of it has been, um, you know, I, I think I've uh, wanted to have, um, you know, I wanted to have a daughter and I wanted, and when you came, I just thought you were just great. And, uh, and you know, then it's been a matter for me, and that's also true for David, for, for me and my relationship with David mm -hmm. has been um, looking at all the uh, things that happen to you when you're growing up, which happened to me too when I was growing up. And you think, um, well, you know, I learned from this uh, or I learned from that, uh, that I uh, could, uh, you know, and I, I go back even now, of course, I'm retired now, I actually go back and I have a remembering of times, you know, even to go back into my way into my past where I think, oh, I remember what that felt like, or mm -hmm. I remember when I was disappointed in something or, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But I, I think that um, maybe I just like uh, life. I mean, I like and enjoy um being alive and, and uh, having different things happen to me. And uh, I, you know, also, you know, look toward a, I'm a believer in, you know, that there could be uh, something else uh, after I die, um, sort of a reincarnation mode. But yeah, I think we, we have similar viewpoints on that, yeah. which is very interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I probably gave you that over the years, but no. Anyway. Yeah. You, okay. you got it from me. I got it from you. Oh, <laughs> that makes more sense. <laughs> so all in all, our relationship over, over the years for me has been just so positive. And like I mentioned before, I think the brunt of my anger really went toward mom, but you and I really got along on so many different levels and connected over so many different things, food, sci-fi, I mean, you name it, you know? And yeah. so- yeah, we're, um, we're science fiction type people. We are. We love Lost. We West love World. Lost. We love Westworld. We love, love like, know, Game of Thrones. No. Love, no, you, that's right. You don't like 
it's so, like Game okay, of Thrones, okay, and that's all that matters. Problems in that. See, well, there are problems, but I'm going to be starting problems right now because I just said that I didn't like Game of Thrones, and so I probably have lost. Oh, like, you're going to have one billion people. But... <laughs> yeah, I probably lost all my listeners, but you know, yeah. it's, it's it's my choice, and I don't like it. <laughs> Anyway, um, okay, so moving forward, I would like to get into your origin story. Yeah. Can you tell my listeners where you grew up and a bit about your background and also your childhood? Yeah, I, I um, was born in Cherry Point, North Carolina. Um, my dad was in the Navy. He was uh, um, on a uh, Marine base, actually, Cherry Point, uh, North Carolina Marine Air Base. And um, I don't remember too much about that, but that's where I was born. Uh, we moved uh, to uh, up to uh, Ohio, to Dayton, Ohio, which is where I was raised. Uh, and I spent really almost all my early childhood. Uh, we didn't move around too much. And, um, but I, I remember, uh, I remember, um, uh, figuring out ways to get my parents' car when I could drive, you know, uh, because I didn't have a car. Uh, and uh, it's true that they thought I was just driving around uh, Dayton when I got the car and decided I would go see what Cincinnati was like. Dad! <laughs> Rebel! Right. <laughs> But, you know, then I got, you know, I didn't spend too long down in Cincinnati. It was sort of fun. And Wait, what I, did you do in Cincinnati? Uh, I don't quite remember. I think I walked around. There were some stores and shops and, you know, how I like stores and shops. So, yes. you know, and uh, and uh, I like museums, too, but I don't remember any museum there. But I, but I came back. You know, I, did. I, yeah. yeah. You had to come back with a car. Uh, yeah, well, that's you would have been in trouble. Yeah, that's right. I would make trouble then, yeah. So what was your childhood like? Uh, um, very different from mom. You were, you are an only child. So what was that I, like? I am an only child. That's right. And I, uh, I have never actually felt bad about that. I don't know why. I, I you know. Because I, you got all the attention. <laughs> I got all the attention. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, um, so um, and so anyway, I, I uh, as I said, I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, um, began to move uh, uh, west as time went on. Um, I graduated from high school and then I uh, went to college. I went to a college uh, first at Denison University, which is up in Columbus, Ohio area, Granville, and um, spent a year there and then moved out to a place called Occidental College, which is uh, in Los Angeles. And uh, it, it's a good school. I enjoyed my experience there very much. Uh, Barack Obama went to the same school that I Shout out. Shout out, right. <laughs> and, uh, and yet I, um, you know, I went, I mean, I went there to be honest because I wanted to go out to California. I wanted to sort of get away from home and be in some other place. And California was warm and sunny, and uh, I like that. And uh, you know, I've always liked California a lot. Yeah. Can we go back a little bit because sure. you missed a couple things. You yes. have to let our listeners know. So, when you were younger, what did you want to be when you were older? First. Of all. Um, well. Um, President of the United States. 
president of the United States. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> yes, that's true. In fact, I thought about that uh, for a lot of my early life, that I was going to uh, somehow uh, become the president of the United States. And here were all the things that I would change and what I would do and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, they're obviously... Uh, I was a little loony at that time, but uh, <laughs> well, but, but the know, thing I'm, is, you didn't you didn't become the president of the United States, but you did no. become the president of your own company. I did form my own company. That's yeah. right. Now that that's probably an outgrowth of that. I uh, I um, you know did uh, want to. Uh, I had it took me a while to figure out what company what 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 my company would be. But I'm I'm a small businessman by by you know uh and i wanted to create uh i always wanted to create my own company yeah. and uh small business and um i did uh very and, successful huh very successful company very successful company i mean it wasn't a huge company we had maybe you know in the 20s uh, uh people i mean people uh, 20 or so people mm -hmm. uh at our biggest um, but it was a. Um, we were nationally successful. We were we were uh, known across. Uh, it was a, a big fish in a small pond, but we were known for uh, analyzing drug courts and looking for best practices in drug courts and and uh, in, you know and implementing good uh, research models. Um, and I have uh, I I loved that company and it was. Uh, and I really wanted it to be a successful company with good employees and people that I took and I, that I would honor and, and I would do positive things. We had good family leave policies always. And, uh, and uh, you know, and, and I just recently, uh, relatively recently, um, essentially uh, sold the company or, or gave the company to my senior staff. Uh, and who have stayed with me for years and did a lot of work and, and deserved to have the company. And they, uh, they now own it. Uh, I mean, I still see them on occasion and I still go to conferences on occasion. And uh, that'll I probably never end. <laughs> and it will probably traveling. never end. I'll, I might, in my thought pattern, I, you know, I still really like that company and I really like what I did. And, and uh, that helps, you know. Of course, it's it's one of your babies, your third well, baby. It was basically. my, it was, you know, everyone kind of knew this was my baby. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was younger, and it's just phenomenal. People like you, you started this company out of our middle level of our right. of our Westland house. Our you know, house. yes, I remember the employees coming in, and then you moved to a bigger office, and moved to another bigger office, and. Um, really what I've taken away from you in terms of being an entrepreneur and a business person and a business owner is you just, you have such strong, strong values in general, you know, but the way that you treated your employees was just absolutely phenomenal. And well, I mean, well, I think you even had like a nursery at your, at the office, did. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was really I important to you. Me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, uh, and by the way, when I, when I told everybody about the new family leave policy in the nursery, um, 
then they started having lots of children. I, you know, it's like, what was I thinking? Weren't you, weren't you just getting emails like every week? Like I'm yeah. pregnant. I'm pregnant. You know? Yeah, no, but I've always thought that was so, so wonderful. Yeah, and, and, and those senior staff employees are still, that they now own the They're company. running it. Yep. They're now running the company. They didn't, yeah. they didn't leave. Mm -hmm. They they really felt like this was their place, and and it's like I I think about them sometimes, and I realized oh you know um, uh, Shannon or Juliet or you know or Beth um, they spent almost all their life in my company. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, so they're uh, like family as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, and so so that I mean I felt like that loyalty, but also I was like yeah. yeah. definitely. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's incredible. And um, no, it just, it's just so amazing because for me, like I, I worked for a number of people and the way that you treated your employees goes way above and beyond anything that I've ever been treated like, you know, from my employer. So I think that's so special. How does it feel being retired? Um, well, I enjoy retirement. I wasn't sure I was going to, you know what I mean? Because I was so involved with my company and I thought, you know, and I did keep up, uh, some, uh, some of the contacts and I was the, uh, you know, I was the chairman of the board and the owner for, you know, for a long time and, and so forth. But, um, um, the, you know, I, I thought that I would be very, it would be hard to separate myself and do other things. And when I got into retirement, I decided, you know, I like this. <laughs> I like just sitting around doing nothing, just like staring at the ocean. Staring it's at great. The ocean. <laughs> yeah, you've worked so hard your 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 life, your whole life. So you deserve it for sure. Yeah. And before um, you started the company, what were you doing? Uh, I taught um, at the university level. I, I had my had my PhD and. And I uh, talk. Uh, I taught social science research, so and started various um, uh, various. Uh, 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 they weren't companies, but they were um, they were like organizations or oh, okay. organizations, mm -hmm. and you know, in, and uh, while I was teaching, still, uh, and that's where we got our reputation. Um, and as I said, we we became known for this drug court research, uh, and we be, it became known. Uh, and, and what I what I did particularly, even though this didn't sound very, you know, well, well, duh, kind of thing. I I thought, well, just simply doing the uh, research and saying it works or it doesn't work isn't very helpful to these organizations. What they need to know is what are best practices. What what practices are associated with the successful, more successful uh, drug courts that I've studied, and what uh, you know, what ones were not so you know successful, and and I thought for at first for a while that I, when I would publish my reports and you know because I was pretty straightforward about you know this stinks you know mm -hmm. <laughs> you're, you're you're just not doing it right yeah um, that uh, I thought that well I probably wouldn't get any more contracts, but in point of fact, they- um, Appreciated I had, it, yeah. They, they appreciated it, the judges appreciated it. The, um, 
there are there were uh, people who were the directors or the the, the people that actually did the work who uh, said, you know, I always told the judge this wasn't the right way to do it. And now you've given me the data that, that I can go to say to them, we need to be doing it this way. Yeah. And, and that, that was very gratifying. For sure. I mean, and I think that probably made you stand out as well. You know, the little, well, the, 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 not the little bit, the, the pushback that you, yeah. that you gave, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So yeah, I um, would love to switch gears just a little bit if you're, if you're sure. okay with that. Oh, yes. And talk a little bit about um, transracial adoption, international adoption. And I am just curious to know in your, in your mind, what were, what were my biggest adoptee struggles from your perspective that you saw like growing up for me? Um, Well, I do think that, um, I mean, I think part of what, what happened was that we, uh, when we uh, adopted you, you know, there, there are some people that, that, for instance, adopt uh, transracial adoptee, and they think the thing that they need to do is to, you know, go out and go to uh, Korean, you know, um, uh, uh, camps and and uh, and all all kinds of uh, events and um, emphasize that part of it. Um, and I think that the mom and I felt like, um, you know, you were young, four months, and, and that you were going to be raised as, uh, as a, uh, uh, you know, not, not as a Korean, uh, but as in terms of culture as a, an American. Um, and that, that was okay for us to do that. And I, that, I might be regretful about some of that, to be honest with you. Um, but but in, on the other hand, we, uh, you know, I, I really do think that, um, you know, it, it, I think it is your, your interest now in getting to understand uh, Korea and adoption. Um, I, I think it's very well thought through. And I think it's, uh, it, there's a lot of, what, what I'm a researcher, remember, I'm methodological strength, yes. you know what I mean, yep. to it. Uh, and I think it, it, it's producing good results, and I think it's producing good results for you personally. And I think that's what's more most important. Definitely for me personally, in my, my journey of, of, right. of figuring all this stuff out. Um, right. For sure. Yeah. But um, to your point of you know, raising me as, as, an American, all American, and and just part of the family. I think that was really driven by the adoption agencies back in, in 1986, when I was adopted. Um, I think that was kind of hammered into adoptive parents heads, like treat them like your own, don't treat them any differently. Um, and for me, yeah, looking back, um, do I think that was the most effective way of doing things? Probably not. Probably not, but, but that's okay. Nobody knew any better. And, um, and that's okay. Like we have the chance to, to change things and make things better. And this is why I'm doing the podcast and sharing my voice and my story. And that's why we're having this conversation, you know? Um, and so we just have this whole generation of, of adoptees that are really seeing things very clearly and unpacking all this stuff. And, um, 
they just were just looking at all different aspects of, of, of this thing. And so, you know, no faults of your own, you know what I mean? But well, I mean, I, I don't want to go that far, but I mean, what, what I'm saying is that we, we were a hope, you know, for instance, the agency really never um, gave us much of a understanding. Maybe they didn't know themselves of uh, what this would produce, you know what I mean? Right. And yeah. that there, there are issues that um, would eventually come back uh, and be part of your life that you had to you had to deal with, uh, yeah. and and I, I think that uh, you know you you know I think we bear some responsibility for that. Okay, well I appreciate you taking some of that responsibility. That's very big of you, but um, you know it, it is what it is. We all have our own experiences, and right. I've gone through what I've gone through, and um, honestly, I think it's it's my journey. Right. So it's really made me at this point in my life, open up my eyes. And like I said, say, what could we do better? What could we do more effectively? And for you, like coming on this podcast right now and just sharing that little bit of information is so impactful and so important for other parents to hear, for other adoptees to hear, maybe to feel validated or whatever it may be. So, um, I I really do appreciate you, you saying that. Well, th- thank you. I, I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that um, I, and I look back, uh, is that way we, we went to communities, we lived in communities that, um, you know, we, uh, we thought were, were good, you know, because there were people that were loving and there were people around that were, you know, friends and, well, yeah. that, that were, were supportive and loving. And, and yet, uh, I, I think we maybe missed the fact that there weren't very many Asian people where we were living. Um, I just don't think there was a lot of information on how to raise international adoptee or what kind of effects um, these type, this type of stuff has on, on us, you know? And so I can totally see that from, from your perspective. Like, we're going to raise Amy in a place that we feel is safe. Um, and where we have support and we feel like we're, you know, like we're well-liked or whatever, whatever the case may be. I totally get that. But yeah, it, it was definitely a a huge struggle for me being raised in a basically all white town. I mean, I call it white Lynn because that's, that's what it is. Um, so that definitely made me feel like an outcast for sure, you know, but I can see from your perspective why you might have thought that that was the well, best thing yeah well but one of the things too to be to be fair uh is that um you know i was a university professor and i had to go where the jobs were and i had to you know where i could get a good teaching position and and uh, you know uh earn a salary and in and many places those university towns were um not as diverse. I mean, you know, the, this is Oregon and of course, nineteen eighty-six. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So anyway, oh, yeah. uh, so there were there was that part to it too. Yeah. No. Totally. Um, I'm wondering what advice you could offer to potential international adoptee parents, or even like even current adoptee parents. Um, you know, I I, I would say to um, 
Well, first and, and maybe foremost, I would say to to uh, to really, you know, I, I still believe in love. I mean, I still believe that loving your child, you know, is no matter what you do, no matter any stupid things you, you know, don't don't do or whatever, um, that if you give them uh, a home full of love uh, and uh, and uh, that that uh, in the end it'll all right itself um but you know that's maybe maybe too too naive but i mean very uh, it's very optimistic it's a very glass half full perspective yeah i know it sounds like and you. i'm an optimistic <laughs> person yeah no that's that's always been me no but that no but you make a good point like it's so important and also like the unconditional love and the unconditional support as i had right. mentioned before um those are those are so important and, and should be staples. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Any other advice that you uh, might have? I can't uh, think of it right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good, dad. We uh, are just about to wrap up. I cannot believe that this is the end of season one. I know. I've done 17 episodes and for my last interview for this season. So I don't even know how to close this thing out. I do want to ask you one more question though. Okay. Um, what are you looking forward to the most in the future? Getting, I mean, obviously getting past the, this pandemic, but what are you really looking forward to most? Um, I'm looking forward to, because we have been kind of quarantined um, and that's been okay. It's been an okay thing, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to traveling. I, I want to travel. I mean, yeah. I always wanted to travel and, and I have done traveling and been retired and done traveling. I want to get back to being retired, but traveling to Europe, to uh, all, all these other places that I haven't see, yet seen in my life, but I want to see. I think we all just want to get out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. we all want to get out. <laughs> so, so if you could go somewhere tomorrow, where would you go? Where would be the first place you would visit? Uh, probably... Uh, I, uh, I'd, I'd want us to fly to uh, um, probably Denmark, uh, uh, Scandinavian countries, Norway, Denmark, Sweden. I, I, Stockholm, Sweden was one of my favorite places that I went to. Copenhagen, I love a lot. And, uh, and, and, and probably Amsterdam. I have not seen Amsterdam and I would like to see it. So you love Europe. Is, would there ever be an opportunity or would you ever want to visit Korea? Yes, I would. In <laughs> fact, I was really, uh, I, I really thought a long time, long and hard about uh, going to Korea and maybe just you and I going to Korea uh, because, you know, perhaps looking for your birth mom, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, going to Busan where where yes. you were, were born and, um, uh, I wanted to see it too. I mean, I, I, I don't know what it's like and I'd like to be, I'd like to see it. Now, you know, that's, you'd be, you're going to do that yourself. So. I don't know who I'm going to do that with dad. It's, yeah. it's, it's up in the air, you know, okay, and well. that would be really fun. You and me, because since we have this passion for food, um, yes, you know, we, like we our be, way through. it would be really fun to discover yeah. the uh, food culture of Korea. Yeah. Sure. That is That's definitely true. very exciting. Yeah. All right, Dad. Well, thank All you right. so much for being on the podcast. Thank Last you, episode of the season. Happy Father's Day. Well, I thank hope you, you have a great, great weekend. 
And thank you all so much for tuning in to the first season of the Model of Diaries. I will be back this fall with a brand new episode. So stay tuned. Bye.